to actually go to the slide after this one. Thank you. And for those of you who don't have, thank you very much, uh, one of these, and by the way, if you didn't pick up one of these, the, the message is going to be based on this. So raise your hand so we can give you one. It's a prayer and fasting guide. Okay, we have a few here, a few here. Uh, please get one. Now, besides that, if you lose the, this piece of these papers, or if you just forget to bring them home, it's kind of long, but there is a link. And this link takes us to the very same thing that we are looking at today. So it's shereshdavid.org backslash PDF backslash 2023-prayer-and-fasting-guide-pdf. That's it. It's that simple. So if you look at page one, you will see the, the dates. Now, you, you'll see that it's February 4th or 5th. That's kind of funny, but that's the way the Hebrew calendar works. It's the evening of the 4th, and it's all day the 5th. Pick when you'd like to begin. It's all the same day. It just, in, in American culture, it has two different addresses, so to speak. We end February 25th, and that's 21 days of fasting, and our theme to this fast is to see your power and your glory. And you'll see that in the second paragraph. It's based on Psalm 63, 2 and 3. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, other translations say early, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land. I guess we're in the wilderness when we're writing this or reading this. And then it says, where there is no water, so I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. And this is what I believe God wants to do. He wants to show us his power and his glory. So if you would read this prayer with me, um, and by the way, uh, Facebook Live people, if you went back to this link and you got it, you can do all these things with us as well, because they really won't be on PowerPoint. Or you can call us next week and we'll email it out to you or whatever you need. So if you would read this prayer, this was uh, a prayer I wrote from my heart about uh, what I was hoping for. So join with me. I pray that we will be passionate in these 21 days of prayer and fasting as we cry out to you for your powerful anointing to fall on us, our family, our congregation, and our community. I pray for our hunger for you would be greater than ever before. May our prayer life be strong, fortifying, and securing our relationship with you. May we be filled with your love and compassion to strengthen our confidence that you are with us at all times. May we abide in you. May your word be lodged in our hearts 
We pray that we will understand your word with more clarity and be excited about applying it daily to our lives. Let us have such a great sense of your presence that we will find ways to speak to everyone we come in contact with about your good news and the opportunity to live a life filled with your love. Let our excitement about our close relationship be undeniable and infectious. May everything we do and everything we say bring you glory. You have told us to be the salt of the earth and the light to the nations. May we fulfill your desire for us with consistency and faithfulness. This is our heart. May the power of your Ruach be upon us in such a meaningful way that we will be successful in your eyes so that you will say to us, well done, good and faithful servants, we love you. Amen. So uh, one of the things that I feel strongly about is that when we get uh, different kinds of uh, prayers and scriptures and things, it, it, it should we should use them as a springboard to do more. And so I'm hoping that this prayer, as an example, gives you uh, the feeling of, well, why didn't he say this? Well, why don't you say that? <laughs> In other words, expand the prayer. Expand what we're doing here. Just have a good time with it. Okay, I'd like you to turn to uh, like three pages in where it says day number one. So for each day, there is one page of a devotional. It should say Sunday morning, February 5th, 2023, day one. Each day will have a theme. It will have scriptures. It will have a thought. It will have challenge and prayer. And again, I hope you expand on this. But uh, so the first day, I thought, well, let's commit to prayer and fasting. And so the three scriptures I chose from Numbers and Ecclesiastes talks about the importance of our pledge and the fact that uh, God gets angry if, if we don't do what we say we're going to do. And in Matthew 5.37, of course, we're familiar with this, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Uh, all the thoughts will have a quote from somebody, some people you'll know and some people you don't. If you're a football fan, you know Lou Holtz. And uh, he said, don't ever promise more than you can deliver, but always deliver more than you promise. I thought that was a reasonable quote. And uh, so there'll be all sorts of quotes in these 21 days. The challenge is the promise, uh, you promise the Lord to Fast and pray and be specific in your promise. Consider writing it down. Remind yourself of your promise each day. Take every opportunity. Create your own opportunities. Deliver even more than you promised. And then the prayer comes from two scriptures. 
Abba, you have said in Matthew 12, 37, for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. I pray that my words will be yes and amen. Strengthen me so that I may strengthen my commitment. Let the power of your spirit reign upon me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of should say, my heart, be acceptable to you. You are my rock and my redeemer. Then I have at the bottom, uh, this is a short devotional. Please consider expanding it uh, as the Lord shows you. So that's my hope for you. But in order for you to expand it, you're going to have to have time. And you say, well, that won't take an hour. I said, yeah, you're right. But now back up a page and go to the page that says daily prayer for one hour. By the way, I also have the acceleration prayer in here, which we prayed for the past two weeks. So feel free to use that as part of your morning prayer time with the Lord. And so daily prayer for one hour, it says it at the top. And the question is, will you commit to the Lord to pray one hour per day? And I would say minimum. Uh, If you're going to do prayer and fasting, I think you should be able to carve out an hour within your 24 hours, even if you have one less hour of sleep, if that's what needs be. But in Matthew 26, 38 through 45, you're familiar with it. Yeshua uh, basically says to the disciples who were with him, you couldn't keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I find that a very interesting thing that we are to watch and pray so we won't be tempted. Because the temptation leads us to sin. And if, if we won't enter into temptation, it means that we'll be away from sin. It's almost like putting the, the fence around the Torah. You know, if you don't want to, this is done in, in the Orthodox, where if you don't want to commit the sin, You put it sort of in the middle, and then you put a a fence around it by creating other laws, and those laws keep you from breaking the one in the middle. Make sense? Well, this is somewhat like that, because even though sin is not mentioned, it says, so you won't enter into temptation. That means watching and praying has tremendous strength spiritually. And we won't even enter into temptation, let alone sin. Okay? So a great reason to have a commitment to the Lord about an hour of prayer. So what do you do? And if we could go to the next slide. Well, here are some things that you can do. And you can see that an hour is not going to be very much because how many? Three, six, nine, nine into an hour. What? So 
uh, roughly six, a little over six minutes for each thing. So if you carve it down like that, you'll see that an hour doesn't go very far when you are praising God, repenting, forgiving, rebuking uh, the enemy, listening and expecting, pray for self, for revival, pray for others, declare and proclaim and give thanks. So that's a lot to do in one hour. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about it. Uh, oftentimes we think of praise, uh, looking at the first one on the sheet, as singing, like we just did. Um, but, you know, praise can be poetry, it can be dance, it can be scripture, it can be worship, it can be art. I mean, when we're praising God, we are lifting God up. And so anything that does that is praise, and, and so we should praise God. Uh, in the beginning of uh, my quiet time, sometimes I think of it as praising God, sometimes I think of it as thanking God, but I try and begin and end with praise and thanksgiving, which sometimes is very much alike. Um, so we praise God for what he's done, for what he is doing, and what he will do. Now, repentance, uh, we know that we are sinners. We know that because scripture says so. So even if you don't think you have sinned, uh, ask somebody else, they'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you repent, I believe, especially for sins that you know about, especially if you're alone, it's good to do that out loud. Um, for unknown sins, you, you pray for God's grace and mercy, and you repent for those you don't know about, and then you do the same thing for your household, for your loved ones, for your community, for your country, for Israel, and so on. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most misunderstood things, I believe, in Scripture. Because generally, when we say we've forgiven somebody, we say, I said, I forgive you. That was easy. I always think of the kids on the playground. You know, they've just been fighting, right? And so you say, well, say to them, that you're sorry, and you say that I forgive you, and, and so the kid says, sorry, I forgive. And that's kind of what we do, with, not with the faces and the sounds, but, but in our heart, because if we truly forgive somebody, let me mention that you will never mention what they did to anybody except maybe if you're counseling or something where it has a purpose. But if it doesn't have a purpose, except to tell, that's not forgiveness. You have not forgiven. And that is a very strong marker in terms of what forgiveness is. Besides that, your job is to not allow the person who you forgive to feel awkward in your presence. Uh, 
Okay, just think about it. And if you really want to know a lot about forgiveness, there's a great book that I love to give out called Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall, who's a pastor somewhere down South Florida. And uh, he gives you six or seven things that you must do in order to truly forgive. I've only given you two. Okay, next, you rebuke the enemy. And I think this is extremely important. You know, um, there are many generational curses and many things that, uh, look, the witches are active. The, the people who understand spiritual authority are active. Unfortunately, they're not the believers. They're the people who follow Satan. But they understand the spiritual activity and the importance of it. We need to come against that. And we have the authority to come against that. But do we do it? So command the enemy to leave, bind up generational curses. And this is not just for yourself. Oh, but let me mention this. You always start with yourself. Always. And the reason for that is when you are praying, you want to be in the right place with God. Then you can pray for other people. So as you, as you see all of these things, Make sure that you are the first person and God knows your heart that this is you first and then you're praying for others. So, again, you can do this for other people as well, but certainly for you first. List your area of struggles and come against the enemy's plans. Bind up the enemy's ability to lie, confuse, cause division, distract take authority over the enemy because he is trying to steal your faith. One of the things that is really paramount is the understanding that he wants to steal your faith. And so please, please understand that when, when you are doubting something about the Lord, the enemy is speaking in your ear. So, next part of quiet time would be listen and expect. Now, that's actually pretty difficult as well because generally when you and I are quiet, when we are quiet, something else rushes into our head. And so to really be quiet, before the Lord requires you to train yourself not to allow the garbage to enter your head. You know, okay, Lord, I want to hear from you. And it, but, you know, it was pretty irritating when that person did this to me. You can't do that. If you want to hear from God, you've got to get rid of the garbage and just be quiet before God. And then when he tells you something, expect that it's going to happen. So look, look around and and see in that day or week or however long it takes, but God is going to answer you. We go to revival. Pray for self. 
This is key. Please pray for yourself first. God, you want God's word to go deep within your spirit. It's it really, I mean, you have the faith and the trust, and then you have God's word, and then you have the fruits of God's spirit, and, and we are to really grapple with that so that if there are areas hindering our being revived, that as much as it depends on us, we will try and take care of our things. In fact, interesting enough, it says in Scripture, as much as it depends on you, be at peace with everybody. Now, if you don't have self-control and if you have issues with patience and other things like that, you're gonna, it's going to be very hard for you to have peace and it's going to be hard for you to listen for the Lord's word. Okay, gifts of the Spirit. Um, I'm, <laughs> I believe that, uh, first of all, we all have all the gifts of the Spirit, just some we haven't acknowledged and some we haven't exercised, so they are asleep. Um, I think you can wake them up if that is your desire. And it says to desire in, in chapter uh, 13 and 14 of, is it 2 Corinthians? I always forget, 1st or 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. I think. Any rate, uh, there's, you know, it says to desire the spiritual gifts. So you have the ones that everybody agrees with, like apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, prayer warrior, servant, worshiper. Then you have the ones that people don't agree with, which is the gifts where there's a manifestation prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, healing, miracles, uh, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Now, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where it says that those are no longer active. And I see plenty of places in Scripture where there is this activity, and I am not of the agreement with some of our friends who feel that the reason these gifts are no longer in practice is because they were only used in the first century, yes, first century to build up the body of believers. Um, but people believe that, and I don't. I believe that each one of these gifts is possible for us. We just have to desire them and exercise them. And for the most part, we don't do that. We might exercise one. Look, how many here do not have faith? Okay, so you already have one. How many, oh, let's do this. How many of you have seen what you believe is an out-and-out -out miracle, a real miracle? Okay, a good portion of the people, okay? 
We need to desire, we need to go after these things. This is a manifestation of God's power. And I really believe that, in a sense, God partners with us. We have to want these things. And it's difficult for me, being what I would call, uh, if, if somebody labeled me, if they wanted to label me in terms of uh, what I believe, in terms of the gifts of the, of, of the Spirit, I call myself a conservative charismatic. But I think that has more to do with my personality than God's power. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, we, we allow our personality, our feelings to get in the way of what God wants to do. And um, look, one of these days soon, maybe, uh, we'll do a message specifically on these gifts and talk about them. But I, I don't want to ignore them and, and feel that we've just skated over these. I, I want you to consider these as important because that's what Scripture says. Okay, next we pray for others, for revival, for salvations and healings. And this is intercessory prayer. This is where we pray for those who might not be praying for themselves, or they are praying for themselves. And I'm telling you, with this app, I'm feeling like every day I'm seeing a prayer request and I'm going, oh, wow, wow. So that's why you need to get the app. Uh, this week, a number of you don't know Maria Thurston, who was one of actually the leaders here in the congregation uh, years ago, but hasn't been here in about five or six years and has had a lot of physical struggles. Well, she was in the hospital uh, this, uh, this week in actually ICU. Um, and, you know, we, we got that on that app, and it was so helpful because we could pray right at that moment. And she's doing better, but she's still not out of the woods. Those of you who know her, keep her in prayer, please. Um, healings. There's spiritual healings, physical healings, emotional healings, financial healings, relationship healings. All of these things require prayer. I mean, you could probably spend an hour just on those <laughs> with your friends and people and family and people you know, right? Um, pray for spiritual leaders, the circumstances that people are in, government leaders in Israel and the United States, and um, certainly the mountains of influence that change culture, business, education, government, family, media, religion, arts, and entertainment. These are groups to pray for because they have a platform. They have a strong influence on our culture. You can see how we have changed. Our culture has changed in the past just few years because of these influences. And uh, we have, because we don't really have an organization, so to speak, um, 
you know, it's, it's interesting. When you have uh, something that you really desire to see happen, you join with others, uh, and we do that here, but if we're not going to be going out and, and telling people about the Lord, then these groups are going to have more influence than us. Even our phones have influence. We also need to pray for our enemies. Scripture is really clear on that. And in some cases, you know, when you, when you think about politicians, there are some that you might consider your enemy. But we are to pray for them. Whether you love the president or dislike him, whether you love the governor here in Florida or dislike him, we need to be praying for the ones we think are doing a great job and for the ones who are, we think are doing a lousy job. Either way, we should be praying for people in who are in authority over us. So there's so much to pray for. In fact, I believe that one of the reasons people don't pray, for the most part, is that there's so much to pray for, they don't know where to begin, and so they just don't begin. They just feel overwhelmed. I mean, look at this list. This overwhelms me as I'm even talking about it. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't done some of these prayers in a long time. Which means I need more time for prayer. <laughs> okay, declare and proclaim. I, I feel this is very important. I love to do this. I take a scripture and I personalize it. So what I do is I change the pronouns. And I find this especially effective with scriptures like 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now it is God who establishes me with you in Messiah, which is an interesting thing we won't get into, but interesting to think about. He anointed me, set his seal on me, and gave me the ruach in my heart as a pledge. That scripture is powerful, and we need to have the assurance of what it's saying in our hearts. I don't think the scripture needs to ex be explained as much as it needs to be repeated, meditated on, and allow us to declare and proclaim so that we know we're children of the living God. Finally, the last portion is to always give thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, you've chosen me. You've, uh, you know, I've received you into my heart. I thank you for my family. I thank you for allowing me to live in the United States. You know, sometimes we can be upset with this country, but, you know, it is still a great country to live in because we have a lot of freedoms. So let's, let's see the, the glass half full and work on the things where it's empty, you know? Uh, thank God for his promises. Uh, thank God for his promises to Israel. Thank God for the people of Sheresh David. Thank God for everything. So um, this, to me, would be a very filled-up, quiet time. And so I would challenge you to 
pray um, for at least an hour. And that means one of the good things is if you decide to fast a meal, that could be 30 minutes right there that you gained. Let me mention that the scriptures are just filled with areas that, that help us understand God's heart. Just taking giving thanks for a second. In 1 Chronicles 16.7, it says, On that day, David first appointed Asaph and his kinsmen to give thanks to Adonai. That would be like if I said, okay, I need five of you. I'm going to name you by name. And I want today you represent Shoresh David and thank God. And that's what King David did. Because he understood how important it was to continually thank God. To have that heart of thanking God. We see it again, the same thing in 1 Chronicles 16.41, along with Haman and Judithan and the rest who were chosen, designated by name to give thanks to Adonai for his mercy endures forever. When you understand the importance of thanksgiving, then you realize that you are close to God because you understand what he has done. You are appreciative. So when you, uh, I know when I walk early in the morning and I see the sun rising, that to me is a time of thanks because it's so beautiful. We, we have to continually do that. This time of prayer and fasting, and I won't tell you how to fast. I, I don't feel that's helpful. I think you pray to God and ask him what kind of a fast. Some people won't fast any kind of food. Um, you know, won't, will just uh, fast TV or fast movies or, you know, that's fine. I think, though, scripturally, most of the fasts we read in Scripture are food fasts. Uh, we see them uh, like the, what is called the Daniel fast, which is mostly, I guess, fruits and vegetables and uh, other fasts which are not eating at all or possibly cutting out a meal. Whatever you feel, uh, I, you know, it's between you and the Lord. So... One of the things about this time of prayer and fasting is you have to desire it and you have to know who is in charge. As, as Eric pointed out in the drash, we have to trust God. And to trust God, we have to know God. And scripture says that the way to know God is through Yeshua. It's really the only way to truly know God and understand his word. So if there's anybody here for some reason who doesn't know Yeshua as their Messiah, or anybody on Facebook who does not know Yeshua as Messiah, this would be the time to say a prayer. And um, so something simple like, but from your heart. has to be from your heart, otherwise it's not really effective. 
I am ready to repent and declare Yeshua is my Lord. And so those of you who are ready say, I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. Yeshua, I declare and proclaim that you are my Lord. Thank you for your gift that you are giving me of salvation. And so saying that would bring you into the kingdom, saying any heartfelt prayer of acceptance of Yeshua will bring you into the kingdom. And if that is you, we'd love to know. So please let us know after services or email us or call us. If you're on uh, Facebook Live, call us. We'd love to get you a free Bible to help you on your journey. So let us close and, and, and just close with prayer and realize who God is in our life and why prayer and fasting is so important. Father, you said, can't we watch and pray for an hour, just an hour? And if we can, we won't enter into temptation. Lord, I'm, I'm praying for that for myself, that I won't enter into temptation. And so I'm committed to watching and praying. I'm committed, Lord, for an hour, at least a day. I pray for the congregation that they too will have that commitment. I pray that others, our friends and family outside of the congregation, can join us. Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, help us to build an army of prayer warriors. Father, I ask you, Lord, as you have developed prayer for us, for our good, And so we ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts, speak to our mind, speak to our spirit. Let us truly be people of prayer. I pray that during this time that we will have more people coming on Tuesday night for our time of prayer here in the sanctuary. Lord, I pray, Father, that we will pray over our children and grandchildren, over our spouses. I pray that we'll pray over not only family, but friends and neighbors. I pray that we will be prayer warriors, people who truly trust in you, will be people who pray. So Lord, help us. If there are any roadblocks, show those roadblocks to us and show us how to get over, to be overcomers and overcome any roadblock that would keep us from prayer and fasting and abiding in you. So Lord, we love you, we bless you and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen.